The Phineas Club is entirely financed by its listeners at patreon.com slash thephileasclub. If you think the show is interesting or cool or fun or important to you or brings you anything at all, please do consider going to the website, the Patreon website, and contributing a little bit. That would be immensely appreciated. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode 115. We're in November 2018, and we're going to be talking about chocolate, banks, and cheese. You guessed it. It's the Switzerland special. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. In this show, what we do is that we get people from different parts of the world and we get them together and we discuss what's been happening in the world and try to get a local view on sometimes global events. We get different perspectives and different cultures weighing in on things that are happening. That's what we usually do, but every once in a while we do a special where we focus and zoom in on one topic or country or practice specifically. And this is what we're doing today. This is a special on Switzerland. Basically, we're going to be talking about chocolate and banks for an hour. My name is Patrick Beja, and I'm very glad to be welcoming to the show a real-life Swiss person. Uh, Stefan Kola is here with me. Hi, Stefan. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm so excited to finally uh, find out what happened to all the Nazi gold. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm starting like right off the bat. I'm being uh, an (laughs) a-hole. So, okay, before we get to all that, um, so you're... Uh, Swiss, you've been living there your whole life. You're, as I said, a real-life Swiss. Uh, can you tell us maybe a, a few words about you so people uh, have a little bit of context? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my name is uh, Stefan, as you mentioned. I'm 38 uh, years old. I was born in Geneva, uh, in the French-speaking part of the country. But actually, I became a, a real Swiss uh, only when I was eight Uh, Before that, I was Italian, like both of my parents were. Um, I work in the IT, in a bank, you know, talk about the cliche. (laughs) And uh, and I like tech, video games, books, podcasts, all the geeky stuff. Right. And by the way, I thank you for your support of my efforts. Uh, That is very much appreciated. Um, So, you know what? We are going to be talking about banks, of course, and probably chocolate and the... (laughs) very strange patchwork uh, that Swiss Switzerland is with so many different languages. And basically, cantons are states, I guess. Can we say states? It's not quite states, but it's a federation. Switzerland is a federation. Yeah, exactly. It's a confederation. And states might be the closest thing people understand cantons, yeah. Right. Um, So we'll talk about all of this, but I think I'm going to start with a topic that honestly might seem controversial, but I think it's actually really interesting. And that is the topic of guns and gun ownership in Switzerland. Um, When we were preparing the show, we discussed this uh, a little bit. And I mean, it has to do with the military, of course, but can you tell us basically, in your words, uh, what the situation is with guns, which is linked to the military service and the military life. Essentially, Switzerland is a giant militia, is what I took away from it. You have the most guns of almost any country in your homes all the time, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Every boy, every Swiss boy, um, has to do either the national service in military or or civilian service when uh, he reaches uh, 18. And Basically, they have to do it. If you don't do it, you have to pay. Um, and every every soldier receives a weapon, receives a um, a gun, uh, or even an assault rifle. So, and we bring that home because since we're a militia, if we have to defend the country, we have to be ready uh, to be called. So, yeah, three and a half millions of guns are 
staying in everyone's home, actually in Switzerland, currently in Switzerland. Almost 50% of the population has got uh, an assault rifle, a gun. And as you mentioned, uh, we're uh, third uh, in terms of numbers of guns per uh, citizen behind Yemen and the U.S. So it's very strange that nothing <laughs> nothing bad happens. And that's the most puzzling thing, uh, because you mentioned when... Uh, 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 boys and men have to go do the military service. They receive a service weapon, uh, usually an assault rifle, and they bring it home. But it's not just for the duration of the military service. And I think that's the most surprising thing and the reason the numbers go high up so much. Yeah. It's that you keep it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you keep it until you're like, what, 35 and you're not in active, semi-active duty anymore. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. That's correct. That's correct. So any family with at least one uh, man that is under 35 is most likely in possession of an assault rifle in the home. Exactly. That is incredible. You're saying 3.5 million uh, weapons. That means that, you know, the, the country is what, 8.5 million people? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah. So that means essentially every home probably has a, a, a gun, at least one weapon in the home. Yeah, at least one, and and probably even two or three, depending on the number of sons in the in the home. So a lot of people think about guns, and obviously our mind goes to the to the U.S. and think, well, one of the issue, the main issue with uh, uh, death, uh, uh, gun related deaths and accidents in the U.S. is the fact that there are so many guns. This is an example that could uh, contradict that assumption. But how do you explain? Because my understanding is there is there aren't really any issues with gun violence, I think? No, oh, no, no. There's, there's no mass shooting and... and, and Barely any death by guns uh, on a yearly basis. Um, I mean, 30 or 40 top, and most of them are suicide, I guess. So how do you explain that? Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, it's it's uh, different of mindset. Uh, guns are not seen as um, a, a, a tool of power here. They're more seen like a responsibility. And when you, you, you are given your gun uh, in the army, they tell you that this is very dangerous, that you have to train on a yearly basis. We have to go to a shooting range and, and train ourselves. Um, yeah, they, they, they tell you that this is, this is um, something you have to be very, very cautious with. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it's a different mindset, I guess. That's, that's the only reason I can, I can think of. Um, I'm yeah. sure the mindset... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. no I mean, it, it also may be linked to the, the, the Swiss mentality. Like we're more strict and more rigorous than, than others. But you know, that's, that's, that may not be the only thing. It's, it's probably uh, this, this mindset. I think, you know, another aspect that might be very integral to the way you approach this whole uh, aspect of your life, because for many people, and just to be sure, uh, it doesn't concern women. Women don't do uh, civil or military service at all, I'm guessing, they, unless maybe they want to. But Exactly. If they want to, they can do it, but it's not mandatory for them. Okay. And before I go to my point, um, you also mentioned if you don't do it, you can refuse to do it, but you have to pay 3% of your uh, uh, income, income. Yeah. basically forever or until no, 35 no, maybe? Exactly, until you reach uh, 35 or 40, depending. Yeah. That's a lot of money, 3%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. guess most people choose to do it. But I mean, you quickly uh, uh, mentioned that there's training. Uh, and I think that's also quite important. It's not just training when you receive the weapon when you're 18. Um, you also train, you said, every year until yep. you are not in semi-active duty anymore, right? Exactly. That's correct. Yeah. What kind of training does that, you know, what does that imply? What do you do? You just go shoot your gun three times in a shooting range or what does, what does it mean? Well, there, there's that. You've got to go to the shooting range and, and reach a certain score. If you don't reach it, you have to shoot again. 
And there's also those uh, three weeks of uh, military service you, you have to do also every year. Every year? Yeah, wait, wait, yeah. that I didn't. You do three weeks every year. Yeah, until you you reach uh, more than 240, I guess. I don't remember the, the exact number, but 240 days in the military, and then you're done, or until you reach 35. And you have to do those three weeks every year? Yep. You, if you're working or if you're studying, you can ask for a, you know, um, a recess, or you can ask to, to do it the next year, but you have to pay uh, a tax. The three percent. Wow! Yeah, that, all of a that sudden, you get, you, yeah, you get you get it back once you're done your, your your days, but still. Okay, and are you paid during those three weeks or not? Not really. Yeah, yeah, you, you get a little, little bit money back, but not hundred percent of your uh, income. Because that's, I mean, losing a month worth of income is significant for. Well, uh, yeah. Well, actually, there, there's an insurance that guarantees you that you get 80% of your income. Oh, not, okay. Not 100%. So, so it's essentially integrated into the system and you are getting money from your insurance, essentially? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, baked yeah, it's in. a national insurance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, I see. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, that aspect of it uh, might be a, a good explanation for why things don't go awry with that many guns in the country. I mean, if you have to it, if you have to train that much when you get it and then every single year for three weeks and going to the shooting range, and I'm guessing during those three weeks, it's not just shooting the gun, but it's drilling into you the importance of military action and all of this. So, Yeah, yeah. Actually, it may, might help, but I'm not sure it's the only reason, but definitely helps. So that mindset that you're talking about, there's the the Swiss are quite, at least in our in my image, they're a little bit uh, German-like and uh, a good, uh, um, you know, rigorous people who work hard and uh, uh, do things the proper way, and and that is what I understand when you say, well, there's a certain mindset that people have that maybe influences that aspect of it. Um, how true is it that the Swiss are uh, serious and rigorous and all that? In your vision, in your view, of course, you're, you're in the middle of it, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, in my view, it's, it's not that far from the truth. Um, we, we are probably a little bit more rigorous or stricter than, than others, but the, the funny thing is you mentioned the, the, the patchwork that the, the Swiss, the Switzerland is. And the patchwork, you mean? Yeah, the patchwork, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the German part of the Switzerland is what we consider to be extremely rigorous, strict, and uh, etc. Mm. On the, the, the Italian and the, the French part, yeah, not that much. Probably not that much. <laughs> um, so actually, you know what? Let's go back a little bit. Um, some people might not really know what, how Swiss is made <laughs> or organized. Uh, you mentioned German, French, and Italian yeah. parts. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about the, the canton or the states. Yeah. Um, tell us what Swiss is from an organi uh, you know, organi organization and identity standpoint. Okay, so Switzerland is basically a confederation of 26 cantons. We mentioned that before. Though those are like mini states or things like that. Uh, and um, the, the country is divided in between four um, linguistic regions. Uh, the biggest one is the German part. Um, it represents roughly two thirds of the of the the, the Swiss uh, people. Um, then there's the French part and the Italian part. There's a, a small, a sm very small region that uh, speaks a different language called the Romanche, but it's only composed by 25,000 people, something like that. So it's it's an official language, but it's nearly not spoken anymore. Um, what can I tell you? Um, yeah, each each canton is is very independent at its own level. They can like collect taxes, uh, they define education, 
um, the the managed transports and and things like that. Basically, they're very very autonomous. Um, so the education is set differently in every one of the twenty six cantons. Yep. 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 For example, uh, in in the canton uh, that's the neighbor of Geneva, in Canton Vaux, they study one year less than we do in Geneva. Oh wow! So it's even the the length of the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Do you have then, like, each canton has their own minister of education? Or I don't know how it would be defined, but do you have yeah. their, your own government? It goes beyond states uh, in the sense that it's not just a, a, state a number of state representatives or whatever. You actually have some tiny government to administrate all of these aspects Yeah, we um, do. I yeah. guess may yeah. maybe yeah, maybe in other countries, or maybe the U.S. I'm thinking of federal countries. Maybe it's actually the case, and I don't realize it. But um, yeah, so you have people in charge of all of those things specifically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, each canton has its own government. Naturally, at some point, we have to agree on a, on some basic rules. So I, if I want to go and work in Zurich or in Basel, I can do that with my degree. But uh, the specifics are, are defined at the canton level. So that was going to be my next question. Uh, what is common then between all of the, the cantons and the country? What makes Switzerland, Switzerland? <laughs> uh, that's very difficult to, to answer. Um, uh, cheese and chocolate, obviously, and banks. But cheese, chocolate, that. banks, Roger Federer, uh, you know, <laughs> things like that. No, I'm I'm joking, but but not that. <laughs> it's not that a joke. I mean, it's it's very hard to define what what it is to be to be a Swiss. And and usually when we think about it, when when we talk about it uh, amongst each other, uh, we define us by deciding what we are not. You know, the, oh. the, 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 yeah, the French part, the French part of Switzerland is not French. We're, we're not French. And the German <laughs> part acts the same way uh, with Germany and also with the Italian part. They're not Italian, they're Swiss Italian. So that's one way to define it. That's interesting. I sense a little bit of, uh, so obviously you're from the French part. Yeah, um, I am. Yeah. I sense a little bit of disdain. Uh, when you're saying we're not French, it's like uh, like anything but French. We're, we're not like those savages. We're Swiss. And that's when, like, is there a little bit of contempt um, towards, or I don't know, maybe that's a strong word, but. Uh... No, no, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's the other way around. I mean, we often, France is often perceived, I, I'll talk about France since I'm living in the French part of Switzerland. France is often perceived as a, big disdainful brother you know they they barely know we exist we we speak the same language but they barely know we exist so yeah I, well, I, the, the same language yeah. you speak funny I'll, i'll i have to admit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah sure <laughs> exactly <laughs> that, that, that's part of the problem no but you, we don't yeah you you like to be what you are you you, have, you like to be yourself and you don't like when german Uh, or, or you know, when when we travel abroad, let's let's put it that way. When we travel abroad and we speak French, most of the time people say, "Oh, you're from France, Paris," and, and well, we don't really like that. Mm. Uh, so that's that's why I, I say that we define us by what we are not. No, we're, we're Swiss, but it's not it's not disdainful, I guess. Okay, that's that's uh, interesting. I guess there are some commonalities with uh, uh, Belgium. We talked about Belgium a few months ago with uh, Guillaume, and. Yep. I guess there's a lot of things, you know, there's the federal nature and the different languages. And do you feel like you're the two little brothers or do you not see any relation with Belgium in that sense? Oh, I definitely see relations with Belgium and with Quebec. Uh, oh, right, right. So, you know, when when we meet a Belgian, say, oh, yeah, those French, huh? Wink, wink. <laughs> I see. Um, so, okay, for the identity part, I, I can see maybe how that would work from an administrative standpoint. Um, if, as you mentioned, I guess there's the military that is handled from the uh, yeah. confederation yeah. Uh, uh, level. Um, 
what else is common? Like, what does the Confederate government do? Um, they manage foreign affairs. Like, when you have to talk with the other country, you can't you can't ask <laughs> twenty six people. Yeah, Emmanuel <laughs> Macron to talk with twenty six people. Mm-hmm. So there's also finances, um, the justice justice system is uh, is uh, there. There are local um, local uh, tribunals, but uh, a courthouse. But uh, but there's also a, a federal courthouse. Um, they also manage uh, environment, energy, and you know th- those big things. They do it at the at the confederation level. Mm. The rest is at the cantons. I guess the police force as well, or maybe not actually. No, there the, the are two two police levels. Yeah, canton mm. and federal. Oh, so there there are two levels. Okay. Yeah, military, for example. Yeah. Oh, military, of course. Yeah, but I was yeah. thinking about the local police uh, uh, services. Um, those also there are two organizations. Yeah, can- cantonal police. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it ever clash? Like, I'm guessing sometimes the cantons' uh, uh, elected officials are not in the same, uh, you know, political family or don't have the same political ideas as the Confederate one. Um, yeah. How does that work? Um, yeah, when it does, because it does happen, obviously, um, we we treat the problem at the cantonal level and we can we we, we can we we are um we are um how can i say that i don't know how to put that we, we are autonomous yeah let's say that we're autonomous enough to define laws at the cantonal level so if we don't think that the confederal level does it good we can do it at a cantonal level i'm thinking about things like that are outside the reach of a cantonal level, uh, maybe to get back to controversial topics, things like immigration, although I'm guessing Switzerland doesn't open the borders at all. Maybe it's a preconceived idea, but um, these kinds of things, I'm guessing you're quite protective of your borders. Uh, Depends. Actually, um, 25% of people living in Switzerland are not Swiss. So it depends how you want to put it that, but a quarter of uh, of the, the people living in Switzerland are not Swiss. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if you consider that immigration I, well, or not. Well, I, I mean, I was thinking about refugees and things like that, which is the hot topic in the rest of Europe and the world probably at the moment. But uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we get some, but since we're not part of the Europe, we we can't any, you know, we don't have a word uh, on on how many we get and you know we're mm. out of the of the european union so we right. we get some but probably not as many as germany for example mm. and, and that's not a controversial discussion in the country like because in europe obviously because of the open borders it's always at the you know a, a topic that people at least think about and and often discuss um is that not a conversation that is happening in in switzerland Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Oh, okay. it, is it is highly controversial. Mm, okay. It's highly controversial. Uh, we don't need to get into that specifically because I think it's the same everywhere. But uh, I want to get to the relationship with Europe um, because I think that's an interesting one as well. But before we do that, let's talk about banks for a little bit. I've teased this <laughs> in the beginning. Um, so. The image, like the caricatural image that we have outside of Switzerland is banks have a tradition of being extremely secretive, of having taken Nazi gold, uh, very often uh, 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 the gold that the Germans took from the Jewish community and they stored it in Switzerland. And essentially the country is often... Uh, regarded as, be, as as living off of the illicit gains of uh, illicit people in the world who store their money in in Switzerland. Um, I, I mean, I don't think you can say definitively whether or not that <laughs> is the case. But what do you think of that uh, that perception? Is it annoying to to Swiss people or? Is there some truth to it? I don't know. What what can you tell me? Oh no, th- th- there's some truth to it. Um, I mean, there's been 
many reports regarding specifically this, uh, this Nazi gold, uh, as it has been called, um, that uh, came out in the in the 90s. So what, what you're saying basically is true, but let's say that half of the people here agree with you, fully agree with you, and the other half say that this is a caricature and things have been changing and uh, and and. To be honest, things have been changing for, for the, the past 10 years or 15 years. Just uh, to be clear, when you say some people disagree, does everyone agree that the Swiss banks uh, housed the Nazi gold, but then disagree that the situation is still uh, the same? Or do some people say, oh, no, 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 we never got the Nazi gold or we never got those things and that's, uh, you know, made up stories? No, it's the, the the first one. You know, they okay. They, Everyone they agrees agree. on, yeah, on the they facts. Have to agree. Right? They have to agree on the facts, at least. Well, I mean, a few years ago, I would have said yes, of course. Everyone has to agree on the facts, but nowadays, <laughs> I'm not sure that <laughs> sentence actually, you know, means something. Um, okay, so the 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 stories from the past, you know, 50 years or so are established, but you, you're saying that things have been changing in the past uh, 15 years? Yeah, 10 to 15 years. Um, banks, I mean, due to the, it's due to the pressure of the United States and the Europe on, on Switzerland. They say, okay, now you, you can't go on with your uh, financial, with your banking secrecy. Uh, you have to open up even a little bit, otherwise you'll be considered as a, a paradise, you know, like a... Like Fiscal paradise, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, banks had to open. Um, they had to collaborate on uh, on legal uh, inquiries by uh, different countries. And uh, and since 2018, so this was the first year, uh, banks started sending uh, data to to different uh, ministry like uh, like Bercy in Paris, uh, data so the from from Ministry their of Finance in France, exactly from the customers. So uh, from what customers? Sorry. For, for the banks sent uh, data f um, regarding their customers to 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 the financial ministry in the different countries. Really, like yeah. I I'm yeah. guessing, or from customers that are of that the nationality. Uh, of yeah, those? obviously, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. They send the name, the 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 the, the, the amount, the the number of uh, of gains and losses, and things. Oh like wow! That. For every citizen of that country. Yeah, that's. I didn't realize that is crazy. That means there is like zero secrecy in Switzerland if you're from a country that has those agreements. I'm guessing. Excellent. That's the first caveat. You you have to be part of uh, of the list of countries we we sign an agreement with. And funny things, uh, it doesn't work in Switzerland. We still have the banking secrecy for Swiss residents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So I guess if. Uh, you want the full package, you have to become Swiss, which actually yep. we might get into in a little bit. How difficult is it to become a, a Swiss citizen? Um, but so I have a question about the things we see in, in movies, and maybe you can't really tell uh, if it's true or not. Um, what about those numbered accounts? Like, there are accounts that only have a number and no name attached to it, and you can access it if you have the number and the super secret code, and that's it, which seems like pretty bad from a security standpoint. Uh, but does that exist at all? You mean the guy crossing the border with the, the raincoat, sunglasses, with a suitcase <laughs> full of banknotes? And well, I mean, maybe yeah. not even that far. I'm guessing that doesn't really happen anymore. Although, you know what? I don't know. Do people actually show up at a bank with... If I show up with half a million dollars in cash, can I open an account? Uh, no, you can't. Oh no, you can't. Oh, that's no. disappointing. No, no, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, but the the there there are anti-money laundering laws, and they have been hardened during the last uh, say 20, 25 years. Now you you have to provide uh, additional information, like if, of course your name, where you come from, where you live, etc. But also where the money comes from, etc. Hmm. So yeah, you, you well, can just like, pop up with a with a with a half a million dollar and up on an account. Okay. Well, it was my lemonade stand, uh, like in Paris. I made a lot of 
Okay. It doesn't <laughs> Sorry. Work. Uh, what about the numbered account, though? Like, does that actually exist? Yeah, they do, but they have to be linked to a physical person. How does that, like, okay, what does it make, what makes it numbered uh, if it has to be linked to a physical no uh, person? It's the same as any account because any account has a number. Yeah, it's just, it's just an ID. You, 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 you can't have just an account with money on it and you don't know who it, uh, it belongs to. That's, okay. Yeah, impossible. Okay, so I guess those things have to happen in the Cayman Islands or something like that. Yeah, nowadays. exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the the relationship with Europe I kind of uh, mentioned earlier. Oh, actually, uh, how do you become Swiss? Is it are, are are the Swiss super protective of their country and they don't want you know all of those dirty Europeans or maybe even worse, worse, you know, like brown and black people to become Swiss? Or is this uh, now I'm caricaturing, you know, obviously, but um, actually, well, I'm sure some people in France would like to become Swiss for some reason or another. I'm guessing it's an attractive country to be living in and, and the citizenship is hard to get. Um, I didn't go through the process since I was only eight, so I can't really tell you. But you, yeah, there are some criteria. You have to live here for 12 years, I think it is. 12 or, yeah, 10 or 12 years. Um, you have to work and then you have to request for Swiss citizenship. It takes up to two years on two and a half years. You have to pass tests to prove you can speak one of the national languages that you you know the the culture, the history, etc. of of Switzerland. That seems I, I can't pretty say, reasonable. Yeah, I can say if it's it's hard. I, I'm guessing it's it's easier than the the U.S. citizenship, but uh, yeah, mm. I don't really know. Oh, actually, there was there's one thing I heard, which is when you request the citizenship, maybe it's different in in different cantons, but um, the authorities actually come ask your neighbors if they like you or something like that. Have you heard of this? Maybe it's too far away from you. Uh, no, no, I've heard of this, and I'm I'm uh, one of the. How can I how can I say that? I'm one of the name. One of my friends, a French friend, uh, has given as a as a yeah I as don't a know, reference, I guess. Yeah, as a reference, yeah. So you yeah. actually have to get references from Swiss citizens that say, yeah, you do. Yeah, that 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 dude or that girl's okay they can that would be fine yeah you have to give five names and they may be called or may not depends on your uh, on your appliance interesting so i guess it means it, it forces you to have at least some ties in the community oh yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah it seems a bit stringent but maybe that's a, a a good way of making sure you're integrated i suppose Yeah, there's an infamous story of uh, an English girl that has been living in, in I think it was in Gladys, uh, for more than 30 years and has been refused the nationality because uh, she didn't like cows. <laughs> you know, they, she didn't like the sound of the of the bells on the cows and she made petitions to remove them. So the local administration said, ah, that, that's not very Swiss-like. That's actually that's funny. Um, so it's not just that she didn't like cows. She actually went and uh, did some kind of action to try yeah. and alter yeah. Yeah. the mm. yeah. Um, you're mentioning cows and and bells. Um, the the cows and milk and cheese, of course, are part of the image of Switzerland. Um, how urban? is the country i think there are lots of mountains um but do you have is it because it feels like the country is not very large um although to be fair the population is much higher than the one for the country i'm currently living in uh <laughs> finland so but some for some reason i still have the image of switzerland being tiny um like is it mostly cities is it uh uh mountains does everyone have a a uh chalet how do you call it in english a uh, house in the in the mountains for skiing um yeah how does that work i'd say i'd say 50 50 between uh, between cities and countryside uh, in the mountains there are not that many people living because 
halves are pretty high and pretty cold, so we don't leave there. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd say 50-50. Some cantons are very rural and others are mostly one big city like Geneva or there's also Zurich, Basel, Baselstadt, Basel uh, has got a canton that's only one city. So depends, but I'd say 50-50. Uh, I don't have the numbers in mind. Mm, yeah, Geneva is the image I have of Switzerland. So, maybe well, that's Geneva, why. Geneva is is a canton city. It's there's, there's only one big city, few, few, yeah, a little mm. bit of countryside here and there, but it's only mainly a city. Hey, do you speak German? Yeah, I do a little bit, a little bit. How does it work? What uh, we talked about this when we were discussing Belgium uh, uh, as well. Um, how does it work when you meet a uh, <laughs> not a German, but uh, a German Swiss, um, and and they don't speak French or you don't speak German. Like, is it? I I have a hard time since I've always lived in countries where everyone spoke the same language. It would seem to me like they somehow it becomes tense very quickly. Like, oh, you don't speak. Actually, I'm saying this here. Some people speak. Swedish. My wife speaks Swedish in Finland, which the country has two languages. So I didn't even think of that. But um, anyway, how does it work when you uh, meet someone who doesn't speak French? Yeah, that's that's a shameful part because we've been teached German for nine years uh, in school, <laughs> and almost no one can speak a word because we don't use it on a daily basis. So we often end up speaking English among each other. Really? That's that's sad. Yeah, either either the the German uh, speaker switches to to French. They they tend to do that, or we try a little bit of German, and if we don't understand each other, we switch to English. What about the Italians, though? Yeah, they often have to speak at least one other language. Mostly, most of the time, it's French. But mm. I, I do also speak Italian, but because both of my parents are Italian. But that's that's yeah. So story. you. So you cheated, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's not uncommon for Swiss people to speak English amongst themselves. Nope. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what Guillaume was saying about Belgium as well. Um, okay. Uh, so we covered banks. We covered uh, uh, guns. <laughs> we covered <laughs> money. And uh, what about the relationship to Europe? Because, again, if some listeners don't know, obviously uh, Switzerland is not part of the EU. Uh, it is independent. Um, and it has the the most defining characteristic of the uh, uh, Swiss policy history has been neutrality. Uh, Swiss has been the one country that says, we don't take part in any conflict, which obviously led to um, issues with the the in World War Two, or maybe not issues, but stories. Mm. Um, what's the relationship between Switzerland and the EU? Okay, so this one's tricky because um, on one hand we voted twice, once in the nineties and once in two thousand one, um, and we refused to to be part of the EU. So twice we said, no, we don't want to be part of the EU. doesn't work for us. We don't want it. We want to stay neutral and outside of the EU. I'm guessing if there were two votes, there were at least a portion of the population who was thinking it would be a good idea to join. Yeah. 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 Actually, the first time it was the, the federal government that said, okay, we'd like to be part of the EU. We'd like to request for to enter the EU. Uh, and there is a, a minority of, uh, of people that launched what we call an initiative. So they, they, they said that we don't want that. So we are going to ask people for for signatures. And if we reach a certain level, we're going to vote. And the whole country, the whole Swiss people in living in the country, because foreigners can vote, will decide if we agree with you or if we say that we don't want to request uh, to join the EU. Wait, sorry. Um, so first of all, it was on rails to be it was going to Switzerland was going to join the EU, or at least the, that's what the, the 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 government was talking about. The government right. was talking about it, and since it's a big change, you know, uh, you had to to get agreement from the 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 people, basically. 
And that's another, and you mentioned uh, foreigners can vote as well. Yeah. Even on yeah. such big things. I'm guessing you have to have a permanent residency to, to vote. Uh, oh, you have to be Swiss. That's part of the problem. I mentioned 25% of the people living here are not Swiss. Oh, so I misunderstood. I thought, oh, I thought you said they can vote. Yeah. Okay. No, they can't. Was, no, they okay, can't. Sorry. Of course, of course. Okay. Um, but then you you talked about a, uh, how's it called? An initiative? Um, like anyone can start a poll to decide uh, to, to, to launch a vote on an issue. And if you yep. get a certain number of sig signatures, then yep. what, the, the whole canton has to vote or the whole country? How does it work? Yeah, it depends, depends on the level of your initiative. If you're trying to change something at the cantonal level, like in education, for example, then you have to, to get a few thousand signatures. If you're trying to, to change something at the national level, then it's much higher. It's uh, 100,000, I guess. You have to collect within one year. And if you succeed, then the whole country votes. So I guess I have two questions. Uh, first, yeah. you must be voting all the time about everything. If it's only 100,000 signatures out of 8 million people, it's not, I mean, it's not easy, but it's not difficult to get. And the second question is, what's the dumbest thing you've ever had to vote on? Because that must happen often as well. So, yeah, we are voting a lot once every three months. So, you know, four every, times. Yeah, Every four times three here. months? Yeah. Yeah, we do vote on several objects, uh, not, not on one single object, several objects every three months and we did vote on things that are huge like do you want to be part of the united nations do you want to be part of europe and we also vote on trivial things that we should probably not because we don't know anything about or uh, or it's a little bit stupid uh, the 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 example i mention almost all the time is those uh, minaret uh, votation a few years ago you know minarets on, on the mosques the those towers in the mosques mm -hmm. um someone decided that they were an issue there were only four of them in switzerland they decided that it was an issue and they wanted to install a, a ban a ban on on new minarets so they got their signatures we voted and we decided that yes it was an issue so it's now forbidden to build new ones I don't really see how that's a big issue enough to bring voters to the booth. But yeah, so that's a little bit stupid, in my opinion. Okay. I was hoping for something like actually completely ridiculous, like should dogs uh, be allowed to bark or something? Oh, no, I've got, oh, no, I've got, I've got an, uh, one. I, oh, I didn't mention it because it's coming uh, on the 23rd of November, but we're going to vote on uh, cow's ho uh, horns. What? Yeah, do you want to because now the, the horns of the cows are removed when they're, you know, baby. I don't mm. know, you mentioned veal. Is that veal? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and yes, yeah, some guy decided that this was not correct for them and we want to ban this this uh, uh the thing and we want uh, people to leave the horns on the cows. So we're going to vote on the 23rd of November on this issue. Because it's uh, animal cruelty or Yeah, because it's animal cruelty, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe it is. I maybe it is anim animal cruelty. Maybe the cows would be happier with their horns. Maybe more dangerous, maybe that would be an issue, but Exactly. That's part of the of the problem in my opinion. Say, oh animal cruelty, that that's bad, but I actually I'm not a farmer, so I don't know why they do that. And when you talk with farmers, say okay, they can hurt themselves with the the horns, so they don't. It's not cruelty at all, and mm. and it's actually more dangerous for them with the horns on. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess yeah, that it's actually not a ridiculous question. I mean, it's ridiculous that you would ask the entire country to vote on something like this when you don't really know why or how it works. And I'm guessing you actually mentioned it when we were preparing the show. That happens often then. You often yeah. are asked your opinion on things you don't understand. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and see, I'm just sorry, but uh, we're voting on this whole uh, thing. 
But at the same time, on on the same rotation, we have to decide if we want the laws the laws of our country to be predominant um, uh, in regard of the international laws. So, do you want to say that the 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 the, the laws defined by international treaties are less important than the Swiss laws? So if we say yes, we we might decide that we don't want to be part of the um, how do you say that? Um, the, this, uh, say it in French if you want, then I can. Le, la CODH, la Cour européenne des droits de l'homme, the human oh, rights. Uh, yeah, the the Court of Human Rights, the yeah, European exactly. Courts of Human yeah, Rights. Yeah. Huh, so okay. and we're voting on both those objects uh, at the same time, and I mean you can see that this is very different in terms of impact. And it's difficult to understand um, the the to understand the issue and the question uh, that is being asked. How many questions do you have to answer? And I'm guessing it's yes or no each time. Yeah, um, it's a yes or no. How many questions do you have to answer in each of those, you know, quarterly uh, uh, votation? Since that's the name, uh, depends. Depends. Can be two, three. Can be. 12 13 not Jeez. not all of them not all of them at the at the country level uh, most of the time it's at the canton level or even at the smaller level i mean there is something beautiful about this level of direct democracy um and i'm guessing even though not everyone understands everything about all the questions uh the swiss people i would guess are more aware and educated about these questions uh, than people would be in in other countries, in most other countries where where this doesn't happen. Um, I, I hope so. Mm. I hope so, but I'm not yeah. so sure. That just for example, the the women were given the right to vote at the canton level. The last canton level was in 1991. <laughs> So, yeah, that <laughs> makes you laugh, but and they, yeah, they didn't, it's not they very didn't funny, even, but yeah, no, they didn't even vote yes. It was the 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 federal uh, federal uh, courthouse that told them that this was unconstitutional to refuse women the right to vote in 1991. 1991 at the canton level. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there are issues yeah. with the system, um, and I'm I'm the the biggest one is voting on so many things that you can't be informed about all of them and and maybe even you know if it's big things like that that are controversial um people are aware of them at least even if they're not informed i'm thinking of the you know the things that come to mind are maybe the minarets or things about immigration or whatever things that make the headlines but there might be things that people don't actually care about all that much and that would be better left to the uh, administrators who understand the issue to make a decision, uh, things like the cow horns that, you know, <laughs> yeah. on, on a basic level, you're like, oh, well, animal cruelty, then maybe we shouldn't do it. It's, a, it's an old way of doing things and we should be nicer to the animals now, but actually you don't understand it's, it's better for them to be dehorned. But uh, yeah. Um, so just so I have a clear image of how that works before we, we move on, um, every three months, everyone in the country goes to their voting uh, uh, place and has a small paper where you check yes or no. Um, I mean, I say everyone, I'm guessing not everyone does it, or maybe it's mandatory, I don't know. Uh, but you have the whole administrative organization uh that takes care of this every three months and everyone goes to fill their paper or do you do it what online or do you send it by mail or how does it work uh, in practice? In practice, there are, as you mentioned, booths, a place where you go and you can vote in person. You can send it by mail and in some cantons, there, there's a, a pilot for online voting and it's not mandatory. Oh, so you don't have to do it. No, no, you don't have to do it. Do you know how many people do do it in general on an average thing? You know, not on a controversial issue. On an average, not that many. Depends on the on the objects. Uh, the the most controversial, like uh, do you want to be part of the Europe? Uh, they often reach seventy percent, seventy five percent, or sixty percent, roughly. Uh, and uh, and when there there's almost nothing important in our opinion, 
we're around 35-40%. Interesting. So even the most important ones only get to 65-70%. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, do you have like, I, I, I'm going to sound stupid, I'm sure, but presidential elections or like representative elections? That's on top of the votations, I guess. Yes, yeah, that's in, on top of votation. We also vote to elect uh, people at the canton level and at the uh, federal level. So and, we vote even more. Right. And do you know how much uh, participations those get? Uh, that I don't know, no. But okay. I'm guessing not that much, hmm. I'd say. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, are you politically... Well, not you, you, but the Swiss, are you politically conscious, active? Or is it like, well, the system works, whatever, I'm going to go have a beer? Like, what's the mood about political engagement? Not, I'm not saying activism or militant actions, just it's important to... Because as I often say, in France, we are politically minded, I think. And at the very least, people do understand the importance of voting for the presidential election and often for the other ones as well. But the presidential elections, I think, rarely go under 80% of uh, participation. It's not the mm. case for all of them, but... Um. Uh, I couldn't tell. Um, I'm guessing since people know that we vote often and we will keep doing that for, for the years to come, I'm guessing when you don't feel a certain passion for an object, you will not vote. You say, oh, bah, I don't mm. care what's the outcome. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems, it seems understandable. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're not too far away from the end. Um, if there's anything you want to add, let me know. And then I'll ask uh, uh, like a bonus question. But is there any... Swiss specific topic uh, that we didn't cover, maybe that has to do with cheese or no, I'm gonna stop. Not like any any specific things you'd like to cover that we didn't talk about? Um, no, 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 I guess we, we covered a lot of topics. Um, just one quick note, I know that this is something that it's important to you. I just wanted to mention that we don't have uh, universal, universal healthcare in Switzerland. Oh, so, you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not universal healthcare, but the way you described it made it feel like kind of universal healthcare without it being managed by the state. Exactly. Um, essentially, well, you can explain how it works. I will. So essentially, private companies provide services as defined by the law. It's the, the minimum thing you have to cover. And then if you want additional coverages like uh, dental care uh, that is not mandatory, you have to pay additional fees. Uh, so I guess the, the companies that provide the basic health care are extremely regulated. Not that much, no. No, they are private companies. They, they have to, to cover certain, um, certain services. But they can fix the price as they see fit. But do you have things like when we talk about healthcare? Obviously, we think about the U.S. and some of the issues yeah. that we see in the American healthcare system. There are a few, and I think the key point, which I'm going to get to afterwards, uh, makes this system very different from com for countries that don't have healthcare um, or you know nationalized healthcare. Um, but one of the things we talk about when we think of the U.S. system is things like uh, uh, lifetime limits. I can't remember the the name. Uh, like pre-existing conditions are a factor, and they might not. They might uh, uh, be allowed to not cover you if you have pre-existing conditions. And the other thing is, well, we'll cover you up to four hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, and nothing more. No, um, that would be illegal. That would right. be illegal okay. here. So in that sense, it is regulated. Uh, and okay. the other thing is which you mentioned, everyone has to contract an insurance, right? Yes. Right. That's right. And that's the big difference. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you, the, the, the healthcare system, companies can do it, but it's regulated and some of the, what might be considered bad, bad practices are banned and it's mandatory for everyone to contract a healthcare insurance. So 
essentially it's not socialized healthcare, but it's mandatory healthcare. So I think it is something that, you know, the way it's different from the way it works in other countries is almost trivial, not quite because it's still companies. But I think if, you know, in France, as you mentioned, we have an, a, a basic healthcare that is nationalized and everyone gets it and everyone has to pay for it. And then what you get, um, which is for additional uh, uh, services, we also have. It's uh, it's called mutuel, which is essentially additional healthcare, and that you can decide to take or not. And it's also provided by private companies, but they are heavily regulated, just like the basic uh, uh, system is regulated in Switzerland. So it's not that different, I think. Oh yeah, so I guess <laughs> I guess that, that that's cool. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that this one is not a, a state uh, insurance, right. but a private company. Right, right. And I think you know, I think it, it there's an argument to be made that private companies might run things better than the state. I I mean, you can debate that, but uh, I really think that the important part of your system is that it's regulated and mandatory. So all the rest is kind of fluff around it. But uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so my two questions that uh, I would like to finish with. Uh, the first one is, in your lifetime as a Swiss person, what is the event you remember that uh, made you feel and the country feel proud to be Swiss? Uh, and maybe the thing that was super controversial and that divided the country very much um, in, you know, again, in your lifetime. Ooh, second one, the second one. I I guess the second one is related to votations, and yeah, it, it might be this minaret thing because it was so trivial and it it has sent a, a very strong message I did not agree on. But yeah, I don't you know, know the to, first one. To to play devil's advocate and to to give you a little bit of time to think about something that makes you proud to be Swiss. Come on, there has to be one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I can understand even if I disagree with. I can understand the idea that minarets change the. You know, if you if you're that, uh, you have a stick up your ass about bells on cows. There's something cultural about it. And minarets do they? Call for prayer from the minarets? No, no it's they, forbidden. It's they forbidden. don't. Okay, it's not allowed. The, the calls aren't allowed. So it was really just an architectural thing. Um, I guess, yeah, I can see how people would think, well, it changes the cultural landscape and also it means more uh, uh, Muslims in the makeup of our society, which, again, we could talk about for, our, for hours. Um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't really agree, but I understand where they. Yeah they're coming from um all right uh, regarding the pride part i can't tell you maybe that's that's what being swiss means i don't know something i'm proud <laughs> of <laughs> again i could mention i could mention roger federer i could mention sport events but yeah I, i'm i don't know eating chocolate or it's yeah just, yeah <laughs> um yeah maybe the the fact that you're reserved and quiet and serious and working and yeah, you don't have you time really be... for such yeah. frivolities as being happy <laughs> about stuff no, I, don't, I don't know honestly i can't tell you something I'm, I'm, i mean i don't consider uh, i have to be proud of being a swiss i mean i'm i, I was born here so i'm just what i am so no i can't tell you interesting sorry Oh, that's fine. That's fine. It, it's <laughs> the the lack of answer is just as interesting as the answer would be. So, on that note, I would like to thank you very much for spending a little bit of time with me and the listeners uh, to let us know about your country. Um, do you have any online activity that you that you would like to share and get people to uh, uh, come and check out? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steph Sinalco. I will put the link uh, to your Twitter account in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And by not Patrick, I mean not Patrick. Uh, you know, Patrick with a not in front of it. it, it it's very clever because everyone remembers it. 
you can also uh, come and comment on the show at uh, frenchspin.com. You'll find this show over there. And uh, you'll also find a show about gaming called Pixels. And that is what you'll find there. So this episode was a little bit of a break from the craziness of the world. Uh, hopefully you had a good time changing your you know, the mood about things. And uh, next time, uh, at the end of the month, we'll have an episode where we dive back into the insanity that 2018 still is. Um, and, well, I mean, I won't say what we'll talk about, but uh, we'll talk about things that are concerning, as usual. Uh, and that illicit debate. Maybe I should say that rather than concerning. Uh, but you'll see, it's not necessarily what you're thinking about. Anyway, if you enjoy the show, or if you think it's an important show for you, or if you think it's valuable in any way, you know what you can do? You can support it with your monies at patreon.com slash Club. Uh, it's very easy. Everyone knows Patreon, how it works, so I won't go over that. But uh, I will remind you that this show exists without sponsors or third parties or interests. We don't take money from PACs or from, uh, you know, uh, uh, lobbyists. We just tell you the truth the way it is for real. Uh, and if you want to support that... You can go to patreon.com slash the Club. The link is also in the show notes. So go check that out. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you then. Bye.